All right, everyone. Welcome once again to another episode of Youth Ministry and Mentorship 101. I am with Pastor Jonathan Oso, uh, who is a passionate pastor. Uh, he uh, loves what he does, and he has an awesome book by the name of Inspire One. How are you doing today, Pastor? Hey, what's up, man? Good, good, good. Thanks so much for having me, and we're doing good. We're doing good. It's hot outside, so we indoor. We got the AC, and it's good. <laughs> Actually, could you let us know uh, where you are right now? Yeah, so we uh, we reside in Redlands, California. It's close to Loma Linda, uh, right here in Southern California. Yeah, awesome. All right. So, yeah, it's definitely hot over there. Um, <laughs> if, if you could just start off by letting us know uh, a short bio about yourself and what led you to where sure. you are now in ministry. Yeah, a short bio. So, born and raised in L.A. area, Los Angeles, here in California. Um, uh, my parents Salvadorian and my mom is Salvadorian. My dad's Honduran, so Hispanic. Uh, it's in my blood. Uh, the beans, rice, and tortillas is, is what I do. Uh, but um, yeah, man, just so born here in LA, um, you know, pretty much just uh, decided to go into business um, and college and, and never thought about theology or pastoral ministry just because my dad was. And I was like, you know, I don't want to do that. And, you know, when you're young and you're PK and everybody starts to put these things on you, you're like, no, I'm, I, I kind of shied away from that. And like Las Hermanitas, the ladies at church would come and say, hey, you're going to be a pastor like your dad one day. I said, no. So I kind of went opposite direction, did business, finished that. And then God just kind of tugged at my heart. And I had an encounter with with God that really changed things in my life, changed the way I saw uh, the word and him and, and, and just kind of started a different path. And as I started to want to, like, as he drew me into him, um, I felt more in love with, with who he was and what he was about. And, and, and just kind of that led me to pretty much going into like learning more about the word and seeing it for myself and reading it for myself and experiencing it for myself, mm. not what I had learned, not how, what I had taught, but just a, a fresh, fresh encounter and pretty much that was, led us into theology, led us into finishing our master's in divinity, led us to Andrews University. And then we finished school there, went to Texas. That's where God called us to start ministry. We went to Texas, did there. And then we went to, and then we pastored there for three, four years with youth and young adults. I've always loved the next generation, just kind of, I guess in my pathway, that's always been about helping the next generation see the beauty of God and, 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 and having this and kind of the questions and navigating. And so I've after that, they called me to Loma Linda University Church, which we did high school ministry there, just focused on high school ministry for three years, and then finished there. And now we're at Yukaipa working with young adults and family ministry. So that's kind of in a nutshell how God has kind of led me through this roller coaster ride that has led us actually back to California now. And it's great to be with family. I'm, I'm a father of two, Josiah and Isaiah. Two year, a three-year-old almost and a one-year-old and my beautiful wife, Vanessa. So we reside here, man. Wow, man. This is a great story. And it's so interesting. I have listened to many pastors tell their story of how they got called into ministry. And many of them who were PKs said the same thing as you said, like saying, people were telling me I'm going to be just like my dad. I'm going to be a pastor. And I didn't want to be one. So it's, it's interesting that you had the same kind of experience. But what I found really interesting is that you said also that there was an experience that you had and it really opened your eyes to God and you started to see um, that you were called to ministry. Could you maybe, tell, if you're willing, tell us the exact yeah. story, what happened? 
Yeah, yeah. And I and I write a little bit on the book just because it was such a when I look back at my life and I and I look forward 20, 30 years and I look back, I think if there's one moment that's gonna be ever present um and ever meaningful to me is gonna be that encounter with God. I remember I was walking, I love playing basketball, so I was walking to I was playing ball in the gym, but it was a, a rather different night um at PUC. And I don't know if you've ever been to Pacific Union College, but uh they're on top of a hill. Uh, I, I always say PUC is the place to be, but that's just the place for me that that really I found an encounter with God. So I was coming from the, the gym to the dormitory and I was walking up. And usually if you've been to the campus or not, it's on a hill. So you pretty much walk uh, from the bottom of the hill to the top to get to the dormitory, the men's dormitory. You pass through the calf in different places as you're walking up. And um, very, in, like I said, in nature, very mountain. Um, and so I was walking one night, literally, I usually have had my headphones on and listen to music when I was going up back to my dorm. But for this night, for some reason or another, I didn't have none of that. And so I was just kind of quiet with my own thoughts. And all of a sudden, as I'm walking, and it's, it is kind of late already. It's like, like, I felt like it was like 10, I think 10, 11, I can't remember the time, but it was pretty late. Not people, students weren't walking. It was just like, very quiet by that time so i was walking to my dorm and as i i walked out the gym and just took the first maybe 100 100 like 100 steps i heard my name jonathan and um i remember at that moment i said it like i looked around and i was like yo somebody's like like somebody's calling my name right now right like so i looked around I was like maybe one of my friends or you know i had a lot of great friends in, 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 in puc so I looked around nobody i kept walking up and i heard my name again audible like Jonathan I looked around again I was like and at that moment I felt like somebody was playing hide and seek with me like I was like all right all right stop the chase like hey, let me know who's out there you know kind of thing and for some reason nothing right and I was like that's weird and so I I, I was I passed the cab I passed like the gym and I'm almost getting to my dorm and as I'm getting to my dorm I remember um, there was like these parking lots and I remember walking and I'm and I heard my name again Jonathan and at that moment, I remember looking, and by the way, before this happened, like I had like I had kind of lost my way. I kind of got to a point that I, I even got to saying, you know, I don't think there is a God. Um, I started challenging, like my spiritual walk was very on the low. Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't know if I believed anymore, all these things that people had told me and the stories that are found in the Bible. So at this point, I, I heard my name Jonathan the third time. And I remember looking to the sky and seeing the stars and the moon and I remember hearing that I remember literally audible saying Jonathan I need you and at that moment I, I really just ran straight to my dorm I opened the dorm opened my bible and I just started to weep bro just weep and cry and like like uncontrollably and I even called my dad I said dad this happened and I cried and he's like what happened are you okay I'm like no dad like and so I tell him what had happened and he's like, yo, God is, is, God is touching you. God is calling you for something. I'm like, wow. but I'm, I don't feel worthy. Like I'm, I'm like the worst one. Like I'm not even see, I'm not even going to church anymore. I'm not, like, why would like, you know, all these questions started to like hit me hard. Like, why would he want me after I don't want nothing to do with him? And I, I even started doubting him. And from then on, it became a beautiful start of a relationship and a journey that for me, I'll never forget. Like, like God was literally little by little uh, bringing me back in and, and just wooing me with his love. And, and it was just, man, it was just that moment that really kind of solidified the beginnings. And of course, since then, it's been ups and downs. But at the end of the day, I never doubt uh, God's love for me. And that's a huge one that has really, when I look back, it's it's been definitely that pivotal encounter. So I always say one encounter with God can change your life forever. And so um, 
you know, people have never experienced it. I, I always challenge them to, you know, to have an experience with God, have an encounter with him. And uh, yeah, man, that's kind of a little bit of that, wow. that night. Yeah. yeah. The, what, what comes to my mind is uh, you literally had like a Samuel experience, mm. uh, God talking to you. But what's also interesting is um, I think a lot of people who are in the church expect you know, the young people that are growing up in the church to automatically have a relationship, even though they're taught everything. Mm. And you hear you are a PK having the questions like, does God really exist? And it took that, that relationship. It took God actually talking to you for you to realize, Oh man, God exists. And I'm willing to give my life to him, but it's not about if I should say, I don't know if you agree. It's not about, you know, they come come into church every Saturday and getting a sermon and Sabbath school. It's like that that's good for the knowledge. But what really brings it brings it down to is the relationship. And I don't know if that's something uh, you I, I come. Yo, I feel you completely. I'm 150 percent with you on that. Man. It's it's definitely I know. And, and don't get me wrong. Like, I think people have had experiences through a service, through a sermon that they have really like they're like, whoa, like that pastor speaking to my heart, you know. And, he's, and, and, and I think those are definitely important moments. I think every single moment, like the way God uses so many means, and we see it throughout the Bible, he can use so many means to reach so many hearts. And so I think, you know, definitely this was the way that God had to get my attention. Wow. And uh, he, this is where we're at, you know. And so, yeah, man, after that moment, I, I just think of my life, and I can, I, I can never turn back from God and say he's not real because that has been a big, like, seal and heart and what the people believe is like they say well did you really hear his voice and i'm like it, it you know it's like in the bible how many times did people doubt when people had an experience with jesus like did, did he did he really make like remember the young root like the young guy who was blind did he really heal your like eyes did he really do that and he just says you know all i can say is this i was once was blind but now i can see right like that's all i can say right wow. like I, I can just tell you what i've experienced whether you want to believe it or not that's up to whoever it is, but I can tell you what I went through in my story and my encounter. And that's, a that's, that's personal, you know? And so, yeah. yeah. So transitioning, not really transitioning. Yeah. Cause I think this is no, a no, good no. segue yeah, yeah. because um, you wrote the book inspire one and yeah. could you let us know what that book is about and what, ins what inspired you to write yeah, that book? Yeah. 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 No, great question, man. Um, I never thought in a thousand years I would write a book. Let, let me put it like that. I'm not the, if you know me, I'm not the type of person to sit down and write a book. That's not me. Any friend of mine that tell you like to Jonathan to write the book, that's just like, that's out of who, yeah. Even my, I think even my English teacher in high school would tell you, wait, he wrote a book? Like, just cause I, I'm not the person to sit down and type. I'm more like, hey, what are we doing? I'm out and about. So, but for a, for a season in my life, as I was entering ministry, I started to ask the question, why? Like, what's my why in life? What's my why? God, why did you create me for? Like, what is my why? What is my purpose? And I think we all get to a point like that, whether it's early in age or whether it's later in life, we all want to do things that are, that are purposeful, that are, that are meaningful, that, that come, that, like, that God has gifted us with already and are ready to come out. And so, um, you know, for me, it started with that. Like, what's my why in life? And I started to think about it more. And I like to journal. I like to keep a journal. And it's crazy because I, I know I got into, like, kind of journaling later on in life. Um, but it's been very helpful to me. 
And so I remember I wrote the word inspire, right? And I started to look into that word inspire more. Um, and then um, pretty much what led me to that was, you know, I said, you know, inspire, that's what I want to do. What does the word inspire mean? And so I went back to the, to the context of that and inspire meant in spirit. And in spirit mm. means what? Like it in spirit, God's inner, God's Holy Spirit fills me to be able to inspire others, right? In spirit, everything I do is from the spirit, from flowing from the spirit. And remember, Jesus said, I'm not gonna leave you guys. I'm gonna be with you to the end. I'm gonna send my Holy Spirit to inspire. So if there's something that God is trying to do in us is inspire us so that we can inspire others. And how do we do that? It's by speaking life. I mean, if there's one thing that we, you and I are, are here present is because we have the breath of life. But the other way we can get each other, inspire each other, is through the words we speak to each other. Uh, and, um, and so I, Inspire became that really catalyst for me. It's like, I want to do that. I want to speak life. And, and I want to be able to speak life. And who is it for? And I, then they came, I want be, to be able to speak life and inspire the next generation, to become an inspiration to the next generation. If there's anything I do in my life is that maybe a young person who's younger than me said, man, you know what? He inspired me. He inspired me to walk with the Lord. He inspired me to see the promises and the beauty of God. And so uh, from then I started to look, I said, I asked the question, but I said, who is the, and, and literally, I know this is a bad question, but I said, who's been the most inspirational person that has ever existed on earth? And I started to ask myself, I was like, who is it? And I love, I love basketball. So I started looking, I was like, is it Kobe? You know, mm -hmm. I started looking at other people. Is it, you know, I said, who is inspired? Like, and I always like to ask the young people, I said, if there's somebody that's inspired you, who would that be and why? And so think about that. If you ask any young person, they have their people that inspire them, that give them life, that allow them to see life from a different perspective. And when I came back to that, I said, who is it for me? And I couldn't but look at the life of Jesus. And I had to go back, bro, and look at what did he do? How did he inspire the next generation? How did he become? And from then I, I just, I said, you know what, this is it right here. And I started to look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And from there, I, I came up with the three Ps that I share in my book, how Jesus was able to constantly use these three Ps to inspire the next generation he took 12 young lives think about this 12 young lives yeah and he and he inspired i mean he's inspired us till today man it's it's, it's, wow. it's something that has touched so many lives and so here we are today man so wow. that's kind of the the the, the, the thing that what you know inspire one if imagine if we could just focus on one to inspire one person what would that do in that person's life who like what, what could that catalyst that person to do and and so then from then we just started to write and, uh, and look at what Jesus model and what he used in terms of those three P's to, to inspire the young people. Wow. I mean, yeah. if, 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 if you weren't interested in reading this book, I'm sure some, whoever's listening, I'm sure after hearing that is like, man, I need to read this book ASAP. Um, but my next question not to give away all your book and everything, but my next question, and it's just, I just want to hear from your perspective. Yeah, is, yeah. How do you inspire? You know, how, how do you do that? How do you go to that young person and just make an impact on their life that lasts yeah. a lifetime like Jesus did to those apostles? Yeah. yeah. No, I think, and that's a great question. I think you have to go back 
And if you really want to inspire, and I think there's so many, I mean, think about this. What is the most lasting thing that we can leave behind? What is the most, like, think about, what is the most lasting thing? What, What will people remember, right? And it's crazy because if you look at Jesus, what did he leave behind that his yes. followers were weeping and crying? I mean, they left their families and their businesses to follow the rat. Like, think about this. These are 12 young lives that left everything to follow one person. Yeah, you and me know him as Jesus. But like, if we didn't know it, like they left everything to follow this one person. And so if, if there's something that you must have touched their lives and inspired them was 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 the love that he had for them. And, and even if, think about this, did they make mistakes? Yes. Did they go through hardships? Yes. Did they go through storms? And I mean, think about all the experiences that these young disciples had with Jesus. And yet through it all, there's something that stands out about them is the fact that Jesus saw the potential in them. And that's the first P that I talk about in the book. He sees the potential of Peter. Look at, look, he looks at Peter and he knows what Peter's about to do. He's about to cut somebody's ear. He's about to speak out of terms. He's about to be so, this person that has just like, he has a strong character. And yet he looks at Peter, says, Peter, he looks into him and says, hey, you're not going to be called anymore this. And he changes his name before Peter ever changes his character. And so it's just the fact that, Jesus was so real and so like, like loving to the point that he believed in these young people when they maybe didn't even believe in themselves. And I think that's the biggest thing. If we can believe in our young people before they believe in themselves, how much more empowering is that to them and say, hey, I know you can do this. Hey, I know you got this. Hey, I believe in you. You have the gift of this. This is, I mean, tell me why you can't, you know? And imagine that that would just infuse them with the ability to push forward and accomplish so much for God's kingdom. You're preaching to me right now, fast. I mean, yeah, this man, is, man, this man. is, this is, this is powerful. And I mm. totally completely 100% agree. I think in my experience with engaging with young people, I think one of our mistakes is we wait to see them do something. And then we say, okay, here, we'll give you an opportunity. But I think like you said, that's not what Jesus did. He didn't, he didn't go after the young scribes and Pharisees that were powerful preachers and educated and say, okay, I'll use these guys. He actually went to the people who had no experience, no, no background. Nobody gave them any accolades in the ministry. And he said, yep, I got you. I'm using you guys. And even themselves, they, they were like me. So if we did that to our young people and we believed in them, before they even believe that, wow, that's inspiration right there. That's inspiration right there. I mean, and, 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 and it's all Jesus' model, you feel me? Like, if you look at a story, and the more you read a story, I know many of us have read it, but if you go back and look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, over and over again, he's believing in them. He looks at the potential they have. He says, hey, I'm not leaving you. Hey, he has to come back from the dead to come and be like, yo, what's going on? Why are you guys still crying over here? He's got to stay with them another 40 days to be like, okay, all right, Pete has to come back to Peter and be like, yo, Peter, let's eat a little fish here. And, and do you love me, Peter? Do you lo-? like, like, think about all the things Jesus has to do. And, and it's because he loves them and believes in them more than they, and to the point that now we see Acts, and Peter has this like, and Acts, he's preaching to 3,000 and people are giving their life. I mean, think about like, that doesn't just happen. There has to be somebody yes. that really believed in Peter to see him and say, Peter, I see something in you 
that you don't see in yourself. I see the things that you're about to do that you can't even see in yourself, but it's all good. Just walk with me. Just let me, let's, 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 let's walk. Let's, the relationship again, right? Let's walk together. Let's, wow. let's, let's go through life together. Let's go through some things. Yeah, 5,000 feet, storm, and me, and me calming the storm. All these things, right? You, you deny me, but it's okay. Like, hey, hey, Peter, just walk with me, you know? Wow. I, I mean, I think the line that you just said there that I resonate really big with is that Peter, it, Peter in Acts chapter 2 doesn't just happen. It didn't just happen. It's what Jesus was doing all throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, yes. all those yes. stories. And yes. even though the Holy Spirit came in a mighty way that day in the rushing wind, all the stuff that led to it. Right. Wow. I mean, that's, 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 it's so true. I feel like that's what we do. We, 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 I feel like a lot of leaders um, and there's a many leaders that have that ability and they inspire, but there, I feel like there are some leaders out there that expect that it's just going to happen, you know, out of nowhere, we're, we're just going to sow, we're going to reap without sowing. So, um, so man, yeah, I, I, I really appreciate that insight that you said. So potential, that's the one yeah, piece. So that's the first one. That's the first one, potential. Yeah. Yeah. So the other two piece, go check out that book. <laughs> man, I don't I mean. even mind. I'll share with you the second one. Cause oh, I, yeah. I literally, yeah, man, you know what? I, Cause at the end of the day, you know, and, and you know, I talk about it more in the book and I give so many examples, but um, at the end of the day, my, my goal is that if something could work, if you were able like, if something, if you can grasp anything, um, I think I always tell people like, as I got, as I'm getting older and I'm 32 now, I'm like, what do, what is my biggest contribution to the world, God? Like, what do I, and, and if there's something we can do, and think about this, if you're 32 or even older, younger, like, there's always somebody that's looking below you. There's always somebody that is, that you are, that you don't know it, but somebody's looking at you, whether mm. he's five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And my goal is just to be able to give this so you can understand the impact that you can have on the next generation, whether you're Gen Z, Gen Y, or even like my son, who's an alpha generation now, like, I just want to be able to see you. I mean, even the youth that I now lead, I'm like, yo, you guys, my son is looking up to you guys. You guys are, you guys are being examples now. Like you, it's not just about me being an example. Each one of us can be an example in the levels that God has us. And so my goal is just to be able, if you caught anything, like, believe in somebody, the potential, right? Understand the gifts that, that God has gifted that person with. And I think that's part of the potential. Like understand what are the gifts God has gifted you with? Stop looking and comparing yourself to everyone and look within you and say, God, what are the gifts you've given me? And utilize those. Don't, don't try to get what the other person has. Use what God has already gifted you with. And, and that's what I'm other passionate about when it comes to potential. But the second one is perspective. If you think about Jesus, he always talked about perspective. He said the kingdom of heaven is like, and he compared it to so many things, right? A mm. seed, a farmer, and, you know, and, and it's all translate to the culture that he lived in because they all related to that. And so there's one thing that I want to share with people is how important is perspective. It's like when last time when you flew up in the, in the sky in that airplane, you saw how, how that elevation, that altitude just carried you. You were able to see beyond yourself, right? Yeah. How much more impactful is that to our young people when they're able to see life from a different perspective? And I think there, there's one thing that the Bible tries to share with us over and over again is, hey, perspective. It always gives us a perspective. Faith is a perspective. You know, hey, 
you know, don't just look at it from this point of view, look at it from this point of view. And so, um, and, and of course, there's so many examples on that in the Bible about perspective, but just giving young people a perspective. And I think if that's something we try to do on Saturdays, when we have young people around our churches, what is the one thing we're trying to give them? A perspective, questions that make them think to see a perspective of God that loves them, that wants the best for them, that wants to, like, like has big plans for them, like, that's, you know, and so, and, and wants to walk with them day by day. And so um, that's kind of, you know, a little bit. So he, and this is something that blew my mind because I was like, oh, snap, God, not just potential, but you gave them perspective. He said, hey, I'm, 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 you know, he was just sharing everything he knew from the heavens and sharing it on, on his friends, the disciples. So wow. that's kind of a little bit on that. So, so they're all, that's where they all arrived. Three Ps. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Man, this is, <laughs> I'm sorry, but you're inspiring me right now. I'm, no, I'm excited sad, and, and, and I love it because I feel like this is the, this is the stuff. This is the conversation mm-hmm. I think that we're having that really, inspires people and really brings the gospel to life and that is believing in one another and empowering them and doing like jesus did and and in that sense so yeah, um, yeah. yeah i really appreciate that and that that those stories man wow um so now that we talked about inspiring uh others uh how can we inspire our leaders to to focus on that model not to take away from what we're doing now and of course because of COVID-19 we're changing things up and all that stuff but how do we how do we inspire leaders or seasoned leaders to look at potential and not just wait for to look at somebody who's already showing their talent but somebody who doesn't speak in church, the, 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 right. the young person that is quiet, that sits by themselves or something like that, you know, who doesn't ask questions during Sabbath school and things like that. How do we inspire them to be proactive in reaching out to those people? Yeah, no, no, definitely, definitely. I think, and that's a great question. I think many people, I think, you know, many of the leaders in our churches, um, you know, it's, 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 the thing is we live in a society and this is the reality. We live in a society that we want results and we want them quick. And a lot of times, you know, I think about this, we have everything that's quick. You know, you put in something on the microwave, it comes out ready. You have internet, you want to download like this. So we want the download to happen like this, right? Um, we want when a person comes to Christ, we want them to be like on fire full time. Um, but I think leaders need to realize that this is a process and, and, I'm always reminded of the verse and if there's a verse that's been comforting because there's parents that come to me like, why can't my son want to give their life to Jesus pastor? Um, and it's interesting. I love this model. What somebody said, he says, a lot of times parents want us to be like the dry cleaners. They bring their kids to our services and they want them clean and ready to go for the next. And, and it's a process. It's everything. Mm. So what I always encourage, and I'm always encouraged by this verse and we're reading Philippians as a church right now. And um, one of the things that I've reminded myself again is that the Bible says, he who began a good work in you, right? If you truly believe that God is at work and that God is bigger than me, bigger than us, he who began a good work will finish it. And if there's one thing I want to encourage leaders is that just be present, you know, stay connected. 
uh, whoever, whether that kid texts you or not, you never know whether you text him back and say, hey, how you been? And he never texts you back. You never know. But whatever God puts in your heart to do, don't wait. Like if he puts, and I know you've experienced this many times where he puts a name in your heart and you're like, oh snap, like I wasn't thinking about this person. Let me just text him right now. You know, or, or man random, or maybe you forgot to text you like, I'll text him later. But all those little things, those little seeds, and I think this is the beauty of it, that we want to see trees, but God wants us to focus on seeds. And this is the reality is that if we just focus on the seed, like, hey God, what seed can I drop today? Who do you want me to, who do you have you put in my heart to text or call? Start with that simple method. Don't, don't try to feel like you need to transform them and everything. Remember, Paul says again, see, he says, I, I guess he says, remember in Acts, he says, I, um, or in Corinthians, he says, like, I water, but Apollo's seeds, but God is the one that does the growing, right? Yes. Like, something like that. So at the end of the day, you have to understand that the growing is God's. Simply yes. as that. God does the growing. You can either sow, or like you said, or you could reap, but God does the growing. And as you understand that, it gives you so much peace as a leader, because at the end of the day, you've got to understand that God is in the business of transforming, and the Holy Spirit is constantly at work in touching and in putting people in positions and encounters where they can have a fresh encounter with God, that when they remember, they'll be like, oh, snap, that pastor always texted me. I need to call him. You know, and I've had moments like that where young people years later, it's taking three, four, five years, but they've not said, you know what, Pastor, I had another one the other day from South Bend back when I was in, in Andrews University. He's texting me. He's like, Pastor, I want you to know, like, I would love to connect with you, man. I, I feel like God is putting this in my heart. And I'm like, like, it took a couple of years. But hey, at the end of the day, God is the one doing the growing. And I think not to, you know, I, I always love the other verse that says, be faithful with the little. And let, you know, and God will put you over the menu. Like just, just be faithful with whoever God puts in front of you and the people that God has put in this season around you. Yeah. Just focus on that. Focus on that. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, as, as you see that, God does the rest as well. Wow. Uh, I, I think those leaders will be inspired now to just, uh, you know, be, a, be patient and just let yeah. God do the growing. Man, that, that's, that's powerful right. words. Just let God do the growing. And because either way, you're not getting the credit. I think that's yeah. another thing leaders sometimes, uh, we, we expect us, uh, we want the results because we, then we could say, ah, oh, we did it. But then it's yeah. like, maybe God doesn't want you to, because it's going to make you arrogant. So you right. will, he, you'll move, you'll be transferred or something like that. And then it'll happen. And then you can be like Paul said, you know, like, uh, you know, I, I watered Apollo's, and then God gave the increase. So, wow. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Man. And I want you to know, like, there's, you know, I, I think one of the biggest things, that's one of the biggest lessons I've had to learn is that not to focus on numbers. A lot of times we want to go from 10 to 50 to 100 to 200. I mean, every youth pastor, every leader or any, any leader that's ever worked, you want to see increase in numbers. That's what you want to see. But a lot of times, if you think about it, Jesus, never, like, like Jesus had his 12. And he stayed with those, he took his, took that squad to the end and he died with that squad. Right. And so it's like, take whoever God has given you, God will do the growing. God will do the growing numerically and, and, and spiritually deepening. But he just wants us to continue to just stay faithful. He says, if you're faithful in the little, I'm going to put you over many. And when he comes back, he's going to be like, Hey, good. And what? Faithful, faithful servant. servant. Right? There you That's go. It. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this, uh, Pastor Jonathan, this was an amazing conversation. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I will definitely be checking out that book. Um, could you let us know where you can find that book? Yeah. Um, no, good question. So I'm working right now on the website. I had one up before, but I'm working on the website because I want to, you know, I want to be able to branch and build it uh, into inspire one. Uh, pray for me because one of my goals and dreams is to build a facility, uh, a facility of faith. I'll call it a faith facility where, where people from the community can come in and uh and be inspired you know families we can inspire families and everything but you know yeah the book is found on amazon on amazon inspire one book um how to become an inspiration to the next generation and my goal is to be able just to help leaders that truly have awakened to that call of saying man if there's one thing i want to do is 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 impact and inspire the next generation if that's all i could ever do then you know that's that's a book that i always share people is like hey this is a, a message god gave me and I just want to be able to share it with anybody who, who really resonates with that and wants to, wants to do exactly that, to be an inspiration uh, to the next generation. Awesome. So everybody listening um, on the podcast, you will find that book in the show notes. Check it out. It's, it's, it's going to be a blessing. I know it will. Um, as I usually do on this podcast, I give it to the guests to leave some words of inspiration. So <laughs> this, this is awesome that we have someone who has written a book on being inspiring. So mm. the, the question I'm going to ask for you to give some words for there is someone out there who doesn't feel like they can inspire somebody. Mm. What mm. words of inspiration would you give to that person who's doubting themselves, who thinks that um, they're uninspired, that they can't inspire? What words of inspiration would you give to those? leaders it's a good question um i would say don't be too hard on yourself don't be too hard on yourself i think i i i thank god for seasons in our life you might be going through a season of feeling like you know oh man i don't know what i'm what i'm supposed to do or i don't feel like i'm doing what i need to do but i always say this look look to god I always say this, you won't know who you are until you know whose you are. And what I mean by that is, whose are you? You are, the Bible always says, you are a child, chosen, selected, called, loved, put in with purpose. And so as you understand that and you start to fill yourself, the thing is, you have to understand, what are you filling yourself with? Because at the end of the day, whatever you fill yourself is going to come out. Are you filling yourself with doubt, shame, guilt, or are you filling yourself with love? peace, patience, you know, the fruits of, like, so as you fill yourself up with God's word, I'm telling you, this is happens. It's the fact that as you fill up, you have to understand that you have been placed here for a purpose and by a purpose, like there's already something inside you that God is awakening to be awakened. Like there's something already God has put in some. And so each one of us, each one of us has a gift, a God given gift that we can, that the world is calling out for. Each one of us has that inside of us. And so I just, I just pray that you can find within you, what is it that you really feel God has put inside you? What are the things that God has gifted you with? You know, it's interesting. I had a conversation with my sister not too long ago. And, um, and she, I asked her, I said, Jennifer, what, what are you, you know, what do you feel that you've been gifted with? Or what are your, your, you know, your, your spiritual gifts? 
and um, she's like, I don't know. And we started going through it, uh, uh, you know, started going through a little bit of understanding that. And then we came to a point where she's like, that's what I love to do. I love to bring smiles to people. I love to encourage people. And I said, that's your gift. You've been called to encourage you. You're an encourager. Like that's who you are. And as I spoke those words to her, I'm not going to lie to you. Tears just started to come down her face just because she realized that all these years she had maybe known about it, but until somebody spoke it into her life, it truly became that solidifying factor. Like, yo, I am an encourager. I am called just to encourage and, and understanding what gifts God has gifted you with and embracing those and fulfilling those and understanding that everybody around you is in need of that as well. So that's what I would say. Don't be too hard on yourself. Go to God, let God awaken in you those gifts that he has for you. And I'm telling you, just because I, I love when somebody said, just because God can, God is the only one can take a conclusion and turn it into an introduction. And whatever season you're at, you feel like you're closing at, just wait, because God has something about to prepare for your life.